0: And welcome back once again to the Kentucky Kernels of Truth. We are your guides to the weird, wild, and true crime here in the state of Kentucky and everywhere else. It's just me this week, your old bud, Wes Brown, doing it all by myself. Everybody's okay. Don't worry. Everybody's uh, just got life things going on or getting over some illnesses and no COVID. A lot of <laughs> we get sick, but we haven't got COVID. I'll give us that. I'm just going to put out a little something here have a little content so you can hear my voice and know we're still here. We're still here for you. I've got nothing better else to do. You're listening to this, so you've got nothing better else to do. So let's do it together. (laughs) I've got a little bit of a theme this week. We're awful close to Halloween, and I just could not rustle up enough scary Halloween stories, but I have found... Uh, some stories that I, I find moderately disturbing. Uh, there's no true crime this week. We, it's, it's been a lot lately. 2020 has been just a whole bunch. And, uh, I think we need a little bit of a break. We need a little bit of a silliness break. There's, there's a little creepiness going on in this, uh, mostly if you have any issues with rats or, or snakes. And I'll tell you before I, I begin those stories. I don't want anybody to, to sit through anything that might trigger them or make them upset. I, there's things I don't like to deal with. I don't like body horror and whatnot. So I complete, uh, completely understand that. But uh, these, these are going to be some moderately upsetting animal stories. Nobody really gets hurt. Well, maybe one guy gets hurt, but he's okay. He lives to tell the tale But these are just animals acting dumb and weird. I find them fun. I find them fascinating. Uh, this one is not so much an, uh, a local, or, or none of these are local. None, there's not a lot going on in Kentucky. Sorry. But this one is interesting. It's from Popular Mechanics. It is from October 19, 2020. The uh, author is Caroline Delbert. It is, animals keep evolving into crabs, which is somewhat disturbing. We know the long quarantine was making us all crabby, but this is extreme. People now feel fully betrayed by the long history of crabification, technically carcinization, C-A-R-C-I-N-I-Z-A-T-I-O-N, of different species over time. This means groups of crustaceans have evolved into crabs in five completely different contexts, giving rise to a meme that the long arc of history truly bends towards the crab. Boing Boing shares a 2017 paper about carcinization. Carcinization sounds like something about prison at at first blush, but on second look, you'll see it shares a root with carcinogen, as well as can hmm, as well as cancer itself, both from the Greek root carcinos, meaning crab. Dial coined the new uh, word based on established scientific usages, and there's a nice little Twitter twitter picture with somebody who's posted a picture of the wiki page so how does carcinization happen well the part is pretty simple Animals that live in small and similar habitats face obstacles that could shove them all towards the same evolutionary advantages. Britannica cites the marsupials as a key example, where despite having one critical difference from their placental counterparts in other parts of the world, the marsupials are o- often correspond very closely with other animals. Animals can evolve separately but end up evolving towards other species too, or spontane- or spontaneously evolve the same characteristics in totally separate groups. Birds and bats can both fly using mechanical wings. Birds and mammals are both warm-blooded, but both evolved from groups that were not. The crabs are like Charles Darwin's isolated Galapagos Islands groups, but they formed spontaneously instead of being evolutionarily finched in. It's not just superficial shape that unifies the five evolved crab forms. The paper details neurological commonalities, shared circulatory systems, and more, while Also detailing the organ and systems that differ in the shape and size. Hmm. Moreover, the (laughs) crab-shapedness, I love that. That's like good hyphenation. Moreover, the crab-shapedness of the groups can make it hard to trace what comes about from interacting internal systems as opposed to, well, the crab shell. And this is a quote, beginning quote, some of the internal and anatomical characteristics studied herein are structurally dependent on the external characteristics of a clab-like habitus. Since morphological co- coherence can also exist between eternal anatomical structures, the coherence change, which can be traced back to the external characters of a crab-like habitus, are relatively complex in some cases. In, in, uh, in uh, parentheses, indirect coherences. That's the unquote. But, of course, hermit crabs don't... Have a habitus, the biological term for a body shape or casing type that affects your health or bio, biology context. And the researchers say majestic and extremely spiky king crabs evolved from hermit crabs. The crab wander the crab wonders may never cease. And uh, yeah, so yeah, we everything just keeps evolving towards crabs. Apparently, it's like the eyeball. I, I read once that the eyeball, that the ocular organ, has evolved independently, at least. Five or seven times throughout uh, uh, evolutionary history, each from different origins. So again, cra- things just be, keep coming crabs. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that always fascinated me about the, uh, the the part about again the marsupials is that in in uh, Australia's uh, paleont- paleontological record there are analogs there there are marsupial analogs of placental uh, mammals in in the other continents there are there was a marsupial there was a marsupial lion it had thumbs <laughs> there's uh they always have very similar body shapes also that's because that's just where the 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 refining characteristic of evolution keeps pushing things in certain directions niches are filled in very similar ways and why why am i setting this up with this besides the fact it's it's utterly fascinating as 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 we all return to crab or no, wait, we're not returning to crab, we are proceeding to crab. Well, here's here's the first uh, uh Upsetting story upsetting story from the New Zealand Herald. It is from uh, October twenty-third of this of this year, and I do not see a byline on it, so I apologize. It's from the Daily Telegraph UK. That's the only byline. Escaped clone female mutant crayfish take over Belgian cemetery. <laughs> escaped self-cloning mutant crayfish created in experimental breeding programs have uh, invaded a belgian cemetery hundreds of the duplicating crustaceans which can dig down to up to a meter can dig down to up to a meter (laughs) great and are always female pose a deadly threat to local biodiversity after colonizing a historic uh, historic antwerp graveyard it's impossible to round all of them, round up all of them. It's like trying to empty the ocean with a thimble, said Kevin Shears of the Flemish Institute for Nature and Woodland Research. Marbled crayfish which tra- crayfish which travel across land and water at night and eat whatever they can do not occur in nature and are banned by the European Union. I guess they don't occur naturally in, in Belgium because they're crayfish, they have to occur somewhere naturally. Instead of the freshwater beasts, which are about ten centimeters big and voracious, and are thought to have been bred by bred by unscrupulous German pet traders in the 1990s. They are similar to the slow crayfish found in Florida, but are parthenogenic, which means they reproduce with themselves, and all their children are genetically identical to the females. The mutation which occurs about the mutation which occurred about 25 years ago. Oh, I guess they are not naturally occurring. The mutation which occurred uh, occurred about 25 years ago means populations. Can spring up rapidly from just a single Procambarus virginalis. In 2018, scientists established the global marbled uh, crayfish population was descended from a single female and didn't didn't need males to reproduce. The EU banned possession and release of the uncanny crayfish in 2014, but it is impossible to trace the owners because all the crayfish are genetically exactly the same. The crayfish have taken root in the in the pools and streams of a uh, of uh, the Schoonhoven. Goonsholf Cemetery in Antwerp, which is known as the Flemish city's Perlaesh, which, uh, hmm, I don't even know what that is. John, oh, oh look at that little picture. Oh, look at that little, little evil mutant crayfish in an aquarium. John Rankin Rathbone, a British MP killed in action in 1940, is among the most most famous people memorialize there. Once again, the pet trade is to blame for the infestation of the cemetery where the bodies of fifteen seventy seven British Commonwealth soldiers killed in, uh, oh, uh, one thousand five hundred seventy seven, not the year. I'm sorry. I always assume when reading about reading anything about the uh, the continent, the Europe, the European continent, that anything that's like obviously because it's everything's there's ancient. But where the bodies of one thousand five hundred seventy seven British Commonwealth soldiers killed in World War II lie. Some someone apparently had the animal in their aquarium and then set it free in a canal shears till the Brussels times website Often people get tired of their animals or the marbled crayfish populations is getting too bit too large at home I Guess they just they don't They just keep reproducing The beasts which are the only known Decapod crustaceans to solo reproduce have already been spotted elsewhere in antwerp and in, Le- and in leuven another city in flanders the marbled crayfish crawls around both in the water and overland at night. Shears said, "That's how they move to other canals and pools." Belgian law prohibits the poisoning of the crayfish, which is a method of control used in Spain. The crayfish was spread rapidly. The crayfish has spread rapidly through Africa and Europe, and has been compared to the Tribble as fictional alien species in Star Trek that reproduces extremely quickly. Scientists hope the science fiction shell, the science fiction shelf shellfish. <laughs> fuck you. <sighs> Scientists hope the science fiction shellfish is incredible. Adaptel ad- ad- Did I'm leaving this in. I'm leaving all this shit in. Scientists hope the science fiction's self. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> So I just hope the science fiction shellfish's incredible adapt adi- 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 t- t- may help them understand how cancer tumors adapt to their environment to their environment by developing resistance to certain drugs. Both the crayfish and tumors have epigenetic mechanisms. This helps them adapt to different environments by switching genes on or off. The animal has been reported in countries including Austria, Germany, France, Japan, Madagascar, and Israel, and it is present in four continents. The pet trade has been blamed for the population expl- explosion. It's particularly prevalent in Madagascar, where its rapid spread is less than a decade. Huh, where its rapid spread in less than a decade is because of its popularity as a cheap source of protein. Researchers have found that the marble crayfish could outcompete seven native crayfish. Well, yeah, exactly, because it just keeps growing reproducing Parth- parthenogenesis is pretty interesting uh i i first read about it with oh geez i heard on an npr thing a long time ago a shark in an aquarium reproduced it was the only species of of, of its kind in the aquarium and it reproduced they, they tried they tried to blame a, a janitor for fucking it no no that didn't happen but that's that's when they realized that sharks could do that and there's also a i believe a gecko or lizard a lizard of some type and uh the American Southwest that does the same also, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything is, again, everything is re- is proceeding to crab. We, <laughs> and this time we did it to ourselves. These things are going to spread. Number one, they are, they are, digging down and eating and eating our heroes. They are they are devouring the bodies of the greatest generation, and, <laughs> and and they are going to use that to, to spread out amongst the earth and and just cover us in crayfish, which, only. Only the Cajuns can save us now. <laughs> okay. Here's here's where we're going to start with a rat story. So if you don't like rats, you may want to, rats or snakes, you may want to jump ahead about, I don't know, 10 minutes, depending how, how terribly I can't pronounce anything here. Okay, this is from uh, NBC New York. From October 26, 2020 by Mark Santia. Like a suction, quote-unquote, man hospitalized after being swallowed by Bronx sidewalk sinkhole. A man is recovering from a harrowing ordeal in which he found himself being swallowed by the ground after a sinkhole suddenly opened up on, on a Bronx sidewalk over the weekend, prompting him to fall nearly a dozen feet as he waited for a bus. However, it was what he saw next that he said was scarier than the fall itself, according to his mother, who spoke exclusively to, not, to News 4 New York. A temporary fence is now up as crews fix the hole where the scary scene unfolded, mere feet away from a busy bus stop. A bus stop that sees people walk by, stand by, and wait for their ride daily, exactly where Leonard's shoulders uh, was doing when the sidewalk suddenly opened up. Shoulders was waiting for a bus on 3rd Avenue in the Bronx on Saturday across from St. Barnum's Hospital at the moment the sidewalk caved in. Could have been anyone. It could have been anyone. It it was a whole scary situation. It it was my son, and thank God he's alive, Cindy White, Shoulders' mother told uh, News 4 New York. Shoulders' mother still can't believe what happened to her son. In surveillance video, one can see Shoulders standing on the corner where the sidewalk opens up and he falls. He tries to hold on, but can't, ultimately plunging 12 to 15 feet below the sidewalk as concrete and debris rained rained, uh, onto his head. He went down feet first, White said. He was just standing, in the sidewalk just—it was like a suction, like a sinkhole. He just went down. White went on to say that her son is traumatized following his fall. He is traumatized. He said he went straight down. He said he was falling, falling, but the debris was falling and hitting him in the head, White said. The surveillance video shows people looking down into the hole after shoulders fall, asking him to wave his hands and scream if he is okay. They saw him wave his hands, but shoulders refuses to scream for help. His mother told News for New York why. He was like, "Ma, the rats down there were ridiculous. He was like, they were so they were like so big. He was scared to yell because he thought they were going to go into his mouth." She said, oh, <laughs> bad." Police and firefighters arrived and got to work, spending nearly half an hour to carefully pull shoulders out. Meanwhile, his mother is thankful her son survived the fall, but wants to know what caused the sidewalk to open up and swallow her son. He's alive. Thank God, White said. Following the incident, building inspectors found the area beneath the sidewalk in disrepair. Three businesses remain closed until further notice due to the sinkhole. According to the Department of Buildings, their investigation into this incident is ongoing. Potential uh, enforcement actions are pending the results of that investigation, the DOB said, adding, the full vacate order is still in effect, and a construction fence has been erected around the building in the in the interest of public safety, and I'm sure that's going to keep everyone out. Well, number one, I'm glad the guy's safe. I'm, I'm sorry, he uh, – he uh, and I don't know if – in other articles, he, he, he broke an arm in his leg, and he scraped his face kind of bad, but he's alive. He's well. He's talking to his mom, of course. It's just just the fucking rats. It, wait, isn't that how you become a ninja turtle? Just, just in New York City falling into the sewer, which unfortunately I don't think that was a sewer, but gee whiz, that's a bad one. That is a nightmare. That's, that is some proper Halloween stuff. Well, how do, you, how do you take care of these rats? How do you get rid of all these rats? Well, this person in Utah has an idea. Uh, this is by the uh, Deseret News. By Pat Reevey on October twenty eighth, twenty twenty. Six hundred rats collected behind. Oh, and this is this is a snake story. I'm I'm going to ruin it. It's a snake story. So keep going. If if you're if you're fast forwarding, six hundred rats collected behind a Utah home where pythons roam freely. Police say the undercover police officers entered Marty Bones' home. They say they spotted and recorded several big snakes freely. Fr- <laughs> freely slithering around the house. The video shows several large snakes roaming throughout the house, including a a very large snake in the hallway, another lake, another lake, another large snake coiled up under the couch in the living room, and another large snake coiled up on a shelf, according to a search warrant affidavit. The warrant offering more details about what was found inside Bones' home, (laughs) Bones' home, was unsealed Wednesday. Over the 20 snakes that were seized from the holiday home... On October 13th, 18 Burmese pythons, three of them over 10 feet long and one 11-foot snake, were found in the kitchen and living room areas. Three Burmese pythons, all 10 and 11 feet long, were found in the hallway and bathroom area. Three more, around 10 and 11 feet long, were found in a bedroom. And six baby Burmese pythons were found in a makeshift enclosure in the living room, according to the warrant. Also, marijuana found in the kitchen. Also, marijuana found in the kitchen or refrigerator. More than 200 morphine and oxycodone pills, and 20 firearms. Uh, and 20 firearms were found in a, in a walk-in closet were seized. The warrant states. In addition to the snakes, 585 living rats and 16 dead were collected from Bones' backyard, as well as 47 l- rabbits and five dead ones, according to the affidavit. Marty Bo- Marty Lynn Bones, 64 old man knew better, was booked into the Salt Lake County Jail for investigation of 20 counts of having an exotic animal without a license, two counts of drug possession with intent to distribute, and possession of a firearm by a restricted person. But as of Wednesday, no formal criminal charges have been filed against him. Bone has been in an ongoing dispute with a neighbor, according to court documents. He was charged June 4th in, in Holiday Justice Court with lewdness, a Class B misdemeanor. In that case, Bone is accused of going into uh, his neighbor's backyard uninvited and getting into their hot tub without any clothing, according to the Unified motherfucker. In October, a judge approved uh, the three-year stalking injunction against Bone for forbidding him from having contact with his neighbor, according to court records. In August, while police were conducting a follow-up investigation on the neighbor dis- on the neighbor dispute. The neighbor provided a video of rats and rabbits that had escaped from Bones' yard and were roaming into the neighbor's yard, the warrant states. The officer noted that while standing on the neighbor's driveway next to the fence that separated the two properties, there was a, quote, stench coming from an outbuilding located approximately one foot away from the fence on Marty Bones' side. The smell was so bad, it was difficult for me to breathe while I was standing. According to city ordinances in Holiday. Any constrictor snakes over 10 feet in length will be considered a dangerous animal, the affidavit states. Anyone who possesses a dangerous animal in the city is required to obtain a dangerous animal permit each year. Bone has been in the news before for his Burmese pythons, but when officers checked records with Salt Lake County Animal Services, they learned that the permit Bone was issued expired in 2017, according to the warrant. An officer with animal control told police that the 27 2017 permit was initially denied because two of bone snakes were over 10 feet, which meant they were "quote unquote" required to be housed in a primary cage with a secondary cage ensuring the snakes are still contained if they escape the primary cage. The affidavit says, "Huh, put a cage in your cage." It was also illegal in holiday for any person to sell, offer to sell, barter, give away, keep, own, harbor, or purchase any wild, dangerous, or exotic animal, according to the warrant. In September, an undercover officer posing as a potential buyer contacted Bone about where he was breeding his pythons. Bone replied, I don't like breeding them, but with 15, 18 free roaming around, it's hard getting around it. Yeah. He was just. <laughs> his house was just a fucking snake orgy. It was just a, his house was a swinger's pad for snakes. In October, police say that two undercover officers arranged to meet Bone at his residence to buy a baby python for $150. You, you think there'd be more than that? As the two sides exchanged messages, Bone again stated that he had free roaming snakes, and he even told the undercover officers that I'm getting a I'm always getting bit comes with the game, adding that four snakes about killed me two years ago, according to the warrant. Only luck saved <laughs> only luck saved my life, and, and a lady walking by that heard me yelling for help, he allegedly told the officers. Bone then sent the officers three photographs which showed significant bites to Barn bones, foot, and knee areas. Gee. Uh-oh, there's an ellipses between foot and knee, so it's probably, it's probably his dick, too. <laughs> this is Utah. Based on the evidence collected, a unified police noted that they were, uh, police noted they were notified by Salt Lake City Animal Control that bone be permanently restricted from being granted any exotic or dangerous animal permits now or in the future. <laughs> I've never, if you own a, if you own a snake, that's cool. I don't understand it. I, I'm, I'm sure that's cool. I'm sure it's great. If you own 18 snakes and they're just running around your house or mm, slithering around your house, eh, eh, I really don't understand it. But I, I'm, I'm sure you, you, as a as a as a responsible snake owner, don't understand this fellow either. But yeah, let's see what you do. You take his this guy's snakes. You fly him to you fly to New York. And no, that's that becomes a a bigger issue. Now you've got really got Ninja Turtle issues. Now, but also, how do you how do you deal with all these snakes? What's going to take care of these snakes? Now that now you've got them running around and they're out. What are you going to do with them? Well, from this is from uh, ABC.net.au, an Australian outlet. Uh, Cow caught chewing on a large python in outback Northern Australia, and this was uh, by Damon Larkins and Daniel Prosser. Daniel Prosser, uh, on the twenty eighth of this month, October twenty eighth, a gobsmacked outback worker with, has captured photos of a cow apparently trying to trying to swallow a snake in a bizarre roadside scene from remote northern Australia. Refrigeration mechanic Andrew Gertz came across the bovine snake catcher as he drove <laughs> as he drove on the deserted Sandover Highway, about three hundred uh, kilometers from. Uh, I say kilometers, but I'll say kilometers from Lake Nash Station in the Northern Territory. When I got closer, I could see it was a sand python hanging out of its mouth, said Mr. Gertz. From, (laughs) oh fuck you, Australia, Wheel, Northern Queensland. It kind of sucked its head off the back of the (laughs) bone. I've seen cows with bones and hides. I thought it might have been a bone. He, He stopped snap photos. Mr. Gertz said he couldn't figure out... How the non-venomous snake's head came to be in the cow's mouth, speculating the cow might have stepped on or disturbed the snake and then latched onto its tongue. Cows known to, to chew carrion. Western Queensfield cattle grazier and national natural historian Angus Emmett said cattle were known to scavenge on de- dead kangaroos and, and cattle to supplement their diets, especially in the red dust of outback Queensland, but he had no doubt, the pyth- <laughs> he had no doubt python sucking was unusual. He doesn't get out much. I've never seen one chew a snake, Mr. Emmett said. He said the cow might have been chewing it for both protein and trace elements. Their their body tells them that they need what they need, and they go, and they'll chase it down if it's available, he said. Mr. Gertz said the cow seemed unfazed by its unusual meal and his interest, dropped the dead snake, and wandered off. Oh, boy. Yeah, there's a there's definitely a picture of it there. Eating it down. Wow. Just hanging out of its mouth. Huh. But, yeah, that's... <laughs> No, because I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that Bone Guy would end up having like 18 cows running around his house. Oh, boy. And, okay, that's the end of the snakes. End of snakes, end of rats. If you've been fast-forwarding, end of snakes, end of rats. And now we're going to get into the bird section. Plea- oh, God, I hope no one's scared of birds. Uh, I am a little bit. They're just up there waiting. Okay. This is from ABC7 News uh, from October 22nd by uh, Alex Matuchuk. Mat- uh, you'll see it. It's a French name. Jesus Christ. Oakland's notoriously aggressive turkey captured by wildlife expert posing as frail woman. San Francisco. Gerald, the inordinately aggressive turkey that forced the closure of Oakland's more Calm rose garden, is off to greener, albeit less rosy pastures. After five months, they've let this shit go for five months. After five months of attacking unsuspecting Grand Lakes residents, Gerald was captured Thursday and released onto wild land near Orida, or Nida. The solution to this months-long log, month's saga was quite similar to the problem that started it, when a wildlife capture expert posed as a frail old woman to lure Gerald in. His preferred victims seem to be older women, according to complaints to Oakland Animal Services. Well, that's not cool, Gerald. I baited him with blueberries, kibble, and sunflower seeds, said Rebecca Dimitrik, director of wildlife and emergency services. Then my husband actually had to run down to the truck, so I was left alone with the turkey. Dun, dun, dun. Dimitrik played the victim, pretending she was scared of him and retreating slowly. That's when Gerald started puffing up and showing aggressive... Well, D- Gerald, Gerald is a predator. That's not cool, Gerald. That's how you get off, buddy. Jeez. I saw his reaction to me, and I said, oh... You want a piece of this? I'll give it to you. Predictably, Gerald charged straight at her, but 40 years of experience prepared her for this moment. She scruffed the turkey, grabbing him by the neck in a way that, he, that doesn't hurt the bird. From the Rose Garden, it was a short drive to East Bay Hills where he was released. After being at this for five months, to be on the other side and to know how the, now the turkey's in a wild area, situated with other turkeys where he will be safe, it feels like the best possible outcome, said Ann Dunn, uh, director of Oakland Animal Services. She looked back on the last five months of truly terrifying complaints as residents tried uh, to fend off Gerald. His favorite favorite target seems to be older women, although young children are also at great risk, reads one uh, resident compla- complaint sentence to Oakland Animal Services. They let this shit go on way too long. I swear I was getting flashbacks to the. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I was getting flashbacks to the velociraptor scenes in Jurassic Park as he was cooing at me, sizing me up, reads another. And before you laugh at all this, I'm telling you, he was relentless. Initially, it looked like he was going to be euthanized, said Don, i.e. shot. But that didn't sit right with her, nor the folks that knew Gerald back in his gentler days. Animal Services worked with the California Department of Fish and Wildlife to find a suitable home for Gerald, where he's less likely to be aggressive. Capturing him was a months-long effort. <laughs> and there's, there's a video of it. He's uh, it's, it's a wild turkey. He's a... <laughs> you see him enough around here. Get, I've had a couple of cars before. The root of the problem done in Demetrius suspected that is being fed by humans. That's right, blame the victims. <laughs> that habituated him to human interaction when typically turkeys instinctually keep their distance from people. Confused about his role in society and the animal kingdom, Gerald lashed out and relentlessly attacked Rose Garden visitors. If we didn't catch him today, he probably would have been euthanized. Dimitri said, "And an animal shouldn't have to die to keep die because a human screwed up." Well, I agree with that. Both animal experts implore Bay Area residents not to feed any wild turkeys or any wild animals, for that matter, unless you want to want to have Jurassic Park flashbacks. Birds are mean. Birds are very fucking mean, especially. Yeah, we're just, yeah, I like the bi, bipedal bipedal ground birds. Here's another one from Jackson, Florida. This is from uh, Click Orlando. Again, by, huh, no byline. Must be a, just must be a staff writer. And it, when the hell is it from? Well, thanks, Click Orlando. You suck. It's been in within the last week, last month, week, to month. <laughs> I'll have a link to it. Emu captured after chasing people around Florida neighborhood. An emu was loose on, on the run Thursday afternoon near Cassie Road on the west side of Jacksonville Sheriff's Office, Jacksonville Sheriff's Office confirmed. One witness said the emu was chasing people around Hammond and Cahoon a New Six partner WJXT reports. The Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission was called. Animal Control was also called up to wrangle the animal. News4Jacks used Sky4 to get a better view of the chase and were able to see what happened next. Crews were able to corral a large bird and, using nets, move it into a waiting trailer around 1 p.m. Native to a lot of Australian stories, huh. native to Australia, emus are the largest living bird after the ostrich and can reach up to nearly 100 pounds at a height of almost six feet. They run fast and become aggressive. I will. I will not. I will not mention the emu war. <laughs> but yeah the, they're big animals uh, i've always been fascinated by by large birds like this because again emus and ostriches they're they're fast and all that but they can kick they're very dangerous there was in in human history Not within our our actual written history, but there is archaeological and paleontological evidence that we uh, live side by side with terror birds, which were a a type of giant carnivorous ground bird that that would get up to like 10 to 12 feet tall. There were different species of them of different heights. But basically think of a 10 to 12 foot tall angry turkey monster with a real stout neck and a battle axe-like beak that could stomp on you. And there is uh, some evidence that they lived us uh, uh, lived and and preyed upon humans in South America and some islands. I'll mm, try and find a good article and post that in the comments. And this one, this one's for Janelle, Janelle, our our lovely listener from uh, Australia, who also sent us a really nice voicemail a while back. And I will put that at the end because it's she has such a lovely voice, better than mine, better recording than mine. <laughs> And she just, it's just nice. I'll I'll post it. It's very fun. I actually want to hear back from Janelle, actually, if this is something that's happened to her. But this is from Mashable.com from September 29th, 2020 by Amanda Yeo. The angry Australian animal Australians are actually scared of. Australia has a reputation for terrifying, deadly animals from brown snakes to redback spiders to buff red kangaroos that can disembowel you with their feet unfortunately most of these hell creatures won't start anything fortunately not unfortunately fortunately fortunately, most of these hell creatures will not start anything if you just leave them alone unfortunately magpies do not extend the same courtesy (laughs) also known as spring in the u.s swooping season is in full swing in australia adding just one more reason for everyone to stay indoors right now every year from early august to late october The Australian magpie loses its tiny feathered gourd and starts indiscriminately dive-bombing anything that comes within 10 to 100 meters of its nest. And as as seen in the video that went viral last week, there's a video. It could be a dog. It could be a person. It could even be a four-door sedan. Size doesn't matter. The Australian magpie picks its battles and has has picked all of them. (laughs) The extremely antisocial behavior is due to an overblown sense of protectiveness, (laughs) with the native flying razor blades trying to keep threats away from their newly hatched chicks. Unfortunately, in in the beady, cold eyes of these dangerous vigilantes, everything that moves is a threat to their newly hatched chicks, even innocent little boys on scooters. Australians have become accustomed to this annual nationwide assault, carrying umbrellas and wearing helmets with... (laughs) cable ties sticking out of them the effectiveness of a which is uh debatable there's even a crowdsource magpie alert web mag magpie alert website helping people and all this stuff all this stuff is linked There's gonna be a lot of good content if you just want something to screw around with helping people avoid areas where death is known to come from above unfortunately little can stop the highly determined magpie The species has been responsible for surges in bird-inflicted eye injuries and blindings, Jesus Christ, with one particularly aggressive magpie even shot dead after terrorizing uh, Sydney Street for three years. The potential for an arbitrary maiming is bad enough, but because 2020 is cursed, Australia's swooping season may only get worse now that everyone is wearing face masks. Aside from their overactive sense of danger, magpies are fairly intelligent birds which can recognize and even remember human faces and won't attack people that they don't consider threats. As such, some experts suggest offering edible tributes to your local avian bully so we will learn your face and know you come in peace and demand food from you constantly. Don't. We learned from the turkey. Do not feed them. <laughs> You're just going to make it worse. They're going to, make, they're going to become entitled. They will form very long friendships, like dogs, animal behavior, Dr. Gazelle Kaplan said, told the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. Even during the breeding season, you can come close to them because they know, they'll know they know you'll do no harm. However, a magpie, knowing your friendly face, might not protect you if you can't actually see, behind, see it behind your mask. We don't know whether masks will make swooping season worse, but there is a chance because what we do know is that magpies can individually recognize individuals Individual people, BirdLife Australia's Sean Dooley told 3AW, a magpie may know you and know you're that you're okay, but if you're wearing a mask, they may not be able to recognize you. Dooley also cited previous research indicating magpies may swoop people wearing types of masks they associate with negative experiences. These are very, very damaged animals. So if someone wearing a black mask previously threw rocks at a magpie and you also happen to wear a black mask, you may be in for a bad time. It's going to be really fascinating to see whether the reports of swooping, of swooping increases. That's a, very, that's a weird verbing of swoop, of swooping increase, said Dooley. Not all magpies are suddenly possessed with this primal need to feast on human eyeballs. When the weather gets warmer, though, only about 10% of breeding pairs become so aggressive, and only the males, and only when they have chicks in, the ne- in their nests. At least they're, they're good dads that stick around, I guess. The whole ordeal is typically around s- over in six weeks, by which time the chicks have grown and left the nest. But like the wealthiest 1% of humans, the angriest 10% of magpies ruin everything for everyone, which is true. Here in the States, well, number one, you don't piss off crows. You don't piss off crows and ravens. Actually, are ravens European? Shit. Damn it, George R.R. R. Martin. But yeah, you don't piss off crows because they remember. They will remember you, and they will teach other crows to to fuck with you if you fuck with them. There is what's called the kildee, which is a, a fun, a fun little bird that is a ground it, it it ground nests. It can fly, but it's got these long legs. And if you get too close to its nest, it does this whole whole loud chattering thing where it, it 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 acts like its wing is broken. It it cocks out its wing and acts like it's broken and then runs away from you on the ground to try and lead you away from its nest, which it's cute like the first week, and then you're just done with it when especially when you're working outside and just want the kilde to not fuck with you. I don't know. Uh, birds. Yeah, birds. But yeah, that's... Man, that's got to be awful. I mean... Yeah, and in fact, there's, there's a picture. Oh, are, magpies are actually fairly majestic-looking birds. At least when it's about to swoop in on this, There's a picture here of about swooping down on a woman's head. Huh. Terror from above, indeed. Well, that is all my stories for this week. I hope there was some kind of through or theme. I, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope... Uh, I hope... <laughs> It was a little bit of a respite from a uh, respite, a little bit of a respite from uh from all the shit that's been going on in the news and politics and everything else. Um, just animals being moderately upsetting as we all progress to crab, as we are all covered. Well, you know what? The magpies, yeah, there we go. The magpies will eat will eat the marbled crayfish. Yeah. But that makes, them cr- okay, basically that make them, uh, there's, there's no getting away from it. There's no getting away from it. Okay, well, it is now time for <laughs> the outro. The outro credits. I, I had a little, little magic there where I had to stop everything and actually open up the page because I don't remember. None of us ever remember. You can find our website at anchor.fm slash KCOT. You can find us on Facebook at Kentucky Kernels of Truth. You know how to spell kernels at this time. I don't have to explain it. It's with a C, not a K. Email us at Kentucky Kernels. Oh, that's why our emails aren't get. Oh, no way. It is. It is spelled correctly. I just, I'm just, i just dyslexic. Oh, shit. Truth at gmail.com. Tweet us at OfKernels, though stayed off Twitter. It is poison. And Instagram us at KentuckyKernelsOfTruth. Leave us a message at 1270-681 two eight six nine and like Janelle and Jeffrey voicemail uh, voice messages also because there'll be a link at the bottom. So again, I hope you have a great week. I hope you survive the election here, at least here in America. I hope, I hope our international can survive America surviving the election. And I hope I survive the election, but you know what? We're just going to, you know, we're just going to worry about crayfish from coming from below and magpies coming from above and not worry about anything else. And that's easy. Fuck all y'all. Fuck me. (laughs) Fuck them goddamn magpies. I'll talk to you later. So last night while listening to your podcast, I was calling out hello back to you when you were saying hello, Janelle. So I felt a little crazy. So I thought I'd jump on and actually say hello. So hello. I'm so excited on Sunday afternoons my time um, when it drops, because I'm just like, okay, nobody talk to me for at least an hour and a half, because I love your show, and it's crazy and fun, and it feels like you guys are my friends now, so, and also, in our morning meetings at my work, at the end of the meeting, before all the customers come in, I say, don't forget guys, fuck all you all. Have a good day. <music>